And welcome to episode 313 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, head of archives at Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our East India Company representative, Mac Winston. Hello. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello, Colin. What? You know you're in charge of archives. Does that mean you are the librarian? Slave? If you are going to start making uh, comparisons to uh, me being an orange orangutan, I, I guess so. No, no, I just had the image of you sitting at a desk like putting a stamp on the library book and going, Ben, make sure it's not late, you'll get a fine. And whatever. I, uh, I actually had uh, the librarian from the film The Mummy in mind, played by Rachel Weiss. And as much as um, attractive librarians go, I look nothing like that, nor act anything like that. So just consider me a, a grumpy old spinster. Uh, and that was our deputy trade attaché, Commander Souverine. Now that actually On tech tonight, we have our head of health and safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander Aid Levice. I push the buttons. Yes, because, because of after last week, we've sentenced him to tech, uh, and uh, he's training up our new tech gibbon, Chris Mark IV. So <laughs> we will uh, we will hopefully be hearing from him sometime in the near future. Now, if you wish, you can join us live. We are roundabout in game. Um, I know I'm going to be flying around the uh, 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 where the CG is in, in the Witch Heads Nebula. Um, however, if you wish. You can actually follow us on our Twitch chat channel, which you can get through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, or just go straight to Twitch TV slash laveradio, or we are also running on Facebook under laveradio and also on YouTube. And don't worry, because anything that you type in the comments, we will see, so we should be able to handle anything that you send this way. So uh, let's quickly go around the crew, see how they are. Uh, and we'll start with Mac this week. Um, how How is the imperial piping oh, very industry? Good. I spent all of last week uh, working on aeroplanes. So that was good. We got everything done. Uh, flew back to the island on Saturday. And I'm now in quarantine for two weeks because of COVID. So anyway, there we go. I don't think we caught it because we were out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and apart from one trip into Leicester, which is kind of COVID central, um, we didn't really risk getting exposed as such. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I'm actually sitting in a green sidewinder right now because I'm uh, basically putting a sidewinder through its ropes for a, an article for Sagittarius Eye. So in game, I've been I've been flying a sidewinder for the last few days and i got ganked in it twice uh, uh that was before i got it engineered 
because a sidewinder is kind of a bit pathetic without any engineering. And then once I had engineered, uh, I had somebody try to gank me, but he couldn't because I was too damn fast and stealthy and things like that. So there you go. It was Commander Nia Trantrix, who, uh, formerly of the code, who tried to gank me the third time but failed. Um, so anyway, shout out to him for contributing to my Sagi article. Lovely. Well, um, Shan, how have you been apart from posting horrible images about me in the Twitch chat? I didn't like that one. Um, it's been a fairly quiet week for me, actually. Um, I haven't done much playing anything, and I've been doing grown-up things, unfortunately. Grown-up like, things. Grown-up things, yeah, it's most unfortunate. But there the, the comes a time of year when you kind of need to do things like order the logs for the fire and clean the chimney and all the sorts of stuff like that, just getting ready for winter. And unfortunately, um, I have to do grown-up things this week. Oh. Well, I'm quite sorry to hear that, Jan. So I guess that you now no longer need to ever touch the Tesla again. I'm not allowed to. Mrs. Shan drives it to work and back, so I the, the the closest the the closest I get to it is looking out of my office window as she drives away in it. Oh. I'm quite sorry to hear that. Commander Souverine, what have you been up to for the last week? Um what have I been up to? Checks calendar. Uh I have been um God, I don't know. I've, I've, um, nothing particularly interesting. I've been um, been quite busy with work this week, but it's tailing off now, and it should be quite quiet for the rest of the month, uh, hopefully. Um, we released a couple of magazines on Friday. We released an issue of Cosmonaut, issue 7, and we released an issue of Parallel Worlds, issue 14. Um, and um, I've also uh, played a... We played our first game of uh, our first session of D&D for um, uh, the Parallel Worlds team um, on Thursday night, which is really good fun. Um, one of our guys is, is a really exceptional games master and um, a very good writer as well. And, um, uh, and his scenario was really, really, really intriguing and, and compelling right off the bat. Um, and, um, and he GM'd it well. Um, and uh, and it, it's cool to be playing with, um, with people that ordinarily I just work with. Um, and uh, in game, what have I been doing? I we had a uh, some friends and I did a little excursion out to the Witch Head over um, over the weekend on Saturday night um, for some bug hunting. Um, and I was sort of testing out my new AX gunship, mm-hmm. um, which I've had for a few months. I did have an AX um, Phantom, which is really good, but I, I I generally only have one hull. I, I generally only have one sort of um one version of each hull um and i don't and i tend to specialize my ships so i had a phantom but i wanted to turn my phantom into a a dedicated smuggler um which meant that i needed to find a different dedicated ax ship so um uh, so i turned it into a smuggler and then bought a gunship to be my ax ship and um uh and saturday i was testing that and it works really well it's a little bit too slow um but it is tanky as all hell so it uh, so it doesn't matter too much um and uh, all the hard points means that i c- i've got a, a fixed thermally vented beam laser on the bottom to dump heat while i'm spamming gauss which is great um and we took out there were three of us and we took out um six 
cyclopses, um, and it was just brilliant fun. I, I, I feel like Thargoid hunting is one of the most, one of the best realized parts of the game, despite the the, un, the unbalanced weapons and the bugs. Um, it's just it's just brilliant. It's so dramatic. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's all I've been doing. And I'm actually still out there in the witch head at the moment. Ah, well, I I know I'm I'm out there myself. Um, so let's see where were we? Oh yes, what I was doing this uh, this week. Um, well, obviously, um, I'm stepping back from power play for the moment until I get my triple elite. I am up to ninety percent deadly, uh, so I've only got 160 scouts to go, which is great. Uh, been playing a bit of Star Wars Squadrons last night with uh, with Ben and and uh, a friend of mine Ralph, uh, but more on that later. Um, and I've been uh, helping the Anti Xeno Initiative because um, I came across a, a Thargoid encounter I've never come across before, and, uh, and it does seem that this is a new Thargoid encounter that's been that only seems to have appeared since this um, this CG started. If you drop into a um, non-signal source 4, you might be lucky enough to come across a Thargoid probe being protected by uh, three scouts. And those scouts are of various types. And then scouts will just wave in and wave in and wave in for about almost 20 minutes. Uh, and it, it's fantastic. It's a real, real nice turkey shoot. You just have to make sure you're not overwhelmed. So... So, um, yes, that's been my week. Are uh, Canon investigating about that. that, by the way? Because obviously scouts I have... and you know, probes do things. Uh, it is, uh, for those who are interested, there are um, there is a video uh, which I've passed on to the Anti-Xeno Initiative Science Department, which is practically Canon anyway, um, and they are uh, examining the footage to work out whether or not it is actually something new or whether I was lucky enough to come across some new kind of bug but um from what people have been saying this kind of scenario seems to have appeared all of a sudden out of nowhere and i don't know whether it means they're protecting the the probe so if you interact with the probe does that do something else i'm gonna to have to wait till next time to give it a try it's a bit strange because if it is a new probe you can kind of understand mm-hmm. it but we know what probes do so why are they protecting it Exactly. I mean, I, I gave up and just shot the thing and scooped the bits that were left over in it. So perhaps I should have actually used uh, my, my scanners. Oh, the Captain Kirk approach. Yes, yes. You know, we come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to kill. Well, so Colin dropped his pants and shagged the bastard. You know, Colin went off and probed the probe, as it were. I thought you, you said you were going to stay quiet and hide in the background. Oh, come on. You're talking about Captain Kirking or something. You know where it's going. <laughs> Yeah, but that only works if you do that to the probe when you are behind it. We shouldn't have seen this. We shouldn't have said that a little bit about Captain Kirk because every single time um, I keep on thinking of a robot chicken, every single time he goes into Dr. McCoy and complains about his space herpes playing up. It's just... <laughs> anyway. Enough, enough of that. I mean, tonight's activity, obviously... Um, uh, Mac, you, you've got your fleet carry around Lave at the moment, Yes, I, and I have my green sidewinder around the orange sidewinder. Oh, lovely. Lovely. And, and there's nobody here. I saw Miggle's log on. He's not. He's often here, but um, he's not actually here. Right. At least that's... But anyway, I'm hanging out at the Lave station. At Lave yeah. Bar. 
orange cider wine the bar, whatever it's called. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think I can actually log into the uh, into the game because otherwise I might jeopardize this this um, network connection I've got, which I'm not going to even jinx it. But you know what I mean. So moving on from uh, tonight's activity, what have the devs been doing this week? Well, let's just say that because of this, uh, the CG that started on Thursday, um, which they are deciding to show off how good they all are at um, Thargoid hunting. Now on uh, Thursday, Arthur and Bruce was with, um, who were they with on, on that one? Is it? Um... They were with Down to Earth Astronomy who showed Down up at the last problem. minute. Yeah. And they went Thargoid hunting uh, to, yeah, not the scouts, uh, the actual big interceptors. And I must admit, I was quite impressed with Arf being able to uh, get a couple of them, which was, was good to see, with uh, Bruce being along for moral support, which is quite good. However, um, on today's new catch-up stream, or... Um, Bruce and Stephen tried exactly the same thing, but this time without any support. And let's just say they weren't lacking for enthusiasm. They just didn't manage it, fortunately. Uh, but that was that was about it. Uh, we haven't had any no more news about uh, Discovery since then, um, uh, or any news about news. So I guess it, it's just uh, business as usual until the next big info drop. Anybody else see those streams? I didn't know. Sorry, Colin. I saw them. I thought the one with Down to Earth was good, especially because of Arf dropping in at, like, the last second. Mm. Um, And I saw today's 2 o'clock one, or 3 o'clock one, whatever. Um, Yeah. I'll give them (laughs) 10 out of 10 for effort. Ten, ten, effort, you know, ten out of effort, and, and yeah. Um, I mean, as 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 my teacher is, used to say, Ben tries hard. <laughs> That's uh, damning with faint praise, isn't it? C minus must do better. Needs practice, <laughs> which which is true. Actually, we, they were trying it. To be fair to them, they were trying it without any support. I mean, they knew what they had to do, and I must admit. I lost, I think, about three T10s until I actually downed my first Thargoid in a oh, way yeah. with someone. Yeah, I mean, these it, are... It, it, is, it well, does take a while to get the hang of it. They were both in Challengers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, they're both in, med- they're both in medium ships anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody's in, like, some great big meaty tanky corvette or anything like that. It's their first time trying it without anybody holding their hand. Yep. And they didn't get their faces wiped. You know, they no. didn't show up and die. You know, they they, no. did, they, they, um, they 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 had a good go. Yeah, unlike Stephen and Will, which was an absolute massacre win for the <laughs> for the Thargoids last time round. Did they lose ships when they tried this time? Oh yes, they still lost ships. Um although they didn't lose anywhere near as many as Stephen and Will did. Did they? What build did they run? Because uh, I'm just just wondering. There was a build that allowed you to kill a cyclops in under thirty seconds with a single ship. Um, well, I'm not. It, they were both flying. Um, oh, what, what were they flying? 
challenges. No? Stephen, yeah, Stephen was in the Challenger, and mm-hmm. I know he had the remote flak launcher, and I think I saw a couple of Gauss cannons, but I don't know what else they had. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what you do. You can load up with Gauss cannons, and you need premium ammunition, and you just DPS the ship down really quickly. Ah, uh, they weren't using no. premium ammunition, because they didn't know how to synthesize that. They didn't think they had the materials to synthesize it, so they were doing it without. Oh, so they did it the hard way. Yeah, they did. You know, they they didn't DPS it down. They were just basically trying to. Uh, they, hit weren't the che- they weren't cheesing it, were they? No. Cheesing it? Yeah, cheesing it. It takes quite a lot of practice. Um, it took it. I, I had a lot of fights before I killed a cyclops. Yeah. Once, once I mean, you get I, it, you get it. But it, it, it takes quite a lot of practice. I've still not soloed a cyclops. No, I'll, I mean, I'll happily yeah, go in against scouts. Yeah, you soloed yeah. what? Sorry, Colin. I mean, I've soloed. A, I've soloed a, a cyclops. Then I tried to solo a basilisk, and then no, I did it up. That's exactly what I did as well. <laughs> nope. So I led a cyclops, and I was like, oh, "I'm the man." When yeah. I went to try a bazzi, and I just got chased down and blown up. <laughs> yeah, the cyclops. T- the uh, the basilisk turned around to you and said, "Would you like your arse handed to you on a silver platter or a bronze one? Your choice." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, they, they they gave it a good go, um, but unfortunately, they weren't successful that day. We do know that this stream coming on Thursday, I think Stephen said that they were going to be doing CQC. So um, there's a point. You can genuinely, go, if you've managed to get in the same match as them, you can shoot a CM down. That will be when interesting. This? this Thursday. Ah, I've got the day off. <laughs> so we'll move on to in-game events. Now, what has been happening in-game for this last week? Well, obviously, the uh, systems in the Witchhead Nebula have come under Thargoid attack. Uh, this is uh, a CG where you have to progress to defend the systems against a thar- the, the Thargoids. Um, like I said, we seem to discover that there was a new Thargoid encounter that's in there. However, um, there has been a bit of disappointment because we were hoping that we'd have the good old Thargoid uh, combat zones uh, and and the and the the, uh, the encounters that go with that, but unfortunately that hasn't happened. It is just a case of knocking down as many Thargoid scouts on Thargoid interceptors as, as we possibly can. Last I heard, it was at least past stage four and pretty close to completely um, managing stage five. But uh, like I said, I'm going to have to wait until after the show before I can go back in to see how we're doing. Um, is anybody else? Oh, yeah, Sue, if you said you were you're involved in the the, height, the fight against the bugs. Yeah, um, I uh, I went out there with um, there were three of us on uh, Saturday night and. Um, we had a great time. We we uh, we went out in my friend's fleet carrier. Uh, one of us was in a crate Mark II. One of us was in a um, uh, a Corvette, and one of us uh, and I was in my gunship. And um, uh, and it was great. We um, we took down six of them, which put us in the top twenty five percent. All cyclopses. Uh, all pretty pretty straightforward. We've all done it before. I think we've all so we've all managed to solo them before as well. So it was. Pretty um, 
it, it was uh, we knew what we were doing. Um, one interesting thing is that we we found that we didn't actually need to worry too much about when you're in a wing of three. You don't have to worry too much about the swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're soloing, the swarm is your is your biggest concern. If you're if the three of you, you just take take the hearts. You know, do a bit of damage, take the heart, boost away. Uh, wait until the shield goes down, fly back in, take the next heart, and and repeat. Um, and um, and we we got it down to a fine art. But you know, even even so, like e- even though we were we we were three experienced players flying engineered sort of late game ships, it was still really thrilling and really fun. And I was in VR with with um, uh, my Hoss Assass, which is or Hot Assass, which is my um, uh, dual stick plus throttle setup. Um, and it was just it was so good. It was just one of the best video game experiences ever really um and um uh, and although the gunship's quite slow it was uh the dps because it's got four gauss on it four gauss two flak and uh, a, a heat vented beam laser um and it was just really effective and really fun oh yes Colin, no, yeah. i've got a bit of a bone to pick with you actually oh okay i uh, offer i offer uh, my uh, services uh, to uh, you uh, yeah to help you reach combat elite and i even offered you a free ride in my carrier so you could have a nice cheap base in which to rearm and reload and repair yes yes and I said, here we go you can you can take you can, i'll take you out to the witch head in my carrier and i will i will bring all my ships and i will double your kill rate so and i won't even kill any scouts i'll just damage them so all you've got to do is hit them a couple of times and you get the kill and and no, you wouldn't take that on it. But Sam, um, all you do is talk about how you're going to lure, lure people to their deaths in your carrier. That's literally all you do. Yeah, but that's all I'm at. I'm actually the galaxy's most helpful player. Right. Mm-hmm. Can Can anybody hear this? It's me stroking my beard. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was, that, I, was that, looking no. to, I was looking forward to shooting me down. With yeah, you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm, fo- uh, I'm sorry, um, Shan, but my stab-proof vest is on my back these days, so um, it should be fine. <laughs> Kaizen I'm... has just posted a picture of a scorpion. <laughs> no, I, no honestly, 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 I am super helpful. <clears throat> yeah. Because uh, I, 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 I helped Crash get his elite by doing the same thing a number of years ago. I navigated Ed Lewis out of the abyss when he was 60-odd thousand light-years away from where I was by using yes. technology yes, on screen. So I'm helpful. If I wanted to grease someone, don't you think I would steer Ed into a point in the abyss where he couldn't get out? Um, I, I, I know that you make very fine points, Shan, but you are still Shan, and we know you. <laughs> Um, we'd also like to point out, thanks to Kaizen for this, that uh, while the CG is going on, all the AX weapons unlocked are subsidised from Bayside Landing. So that's a lot less hassle for people who, who want some, some decent anti-Xeno weapons. Which is great, apart from the fact that Bayside Landing is miles away from anywhere else. And then you suddenly yes. realise, oh, hang on, I need to go and get these things. And the only place I can get them is 700 light years back in the bubble again. Yeah, well, well as, you, as you just heard, um, Shan is offering to give people lifts. <laughs> he is. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, aboard his aboard his fleet carrier, the Venus Flytrap. So. No, it's called the uh, it's called Shan Anigans. So um, yeah, I must admit, personally, I'm I'm quite enjoying this CG. Um, Shan, um, everybody else. I yep. have never shot at a Thargoid in my life, and I still haven't. There is a theory, and I think it was confirmed, anecdotally confirmed by a developer, that Thargoids are a faction internal to the game. So it's possible to get friendly with Thargoids internally if you don't ever shoot at one. It, the more you kill, the more unfriendly you get to this yeah. internal Thargoid faction. I can believe that. Yeah, well, I, I, I would love to see. I would love to see not being hostile manifest in gameplay somehow. Well, actually, I can I can give you an example of that because um, normally, if you are not hostile and friendly with the uh, reasonably friendly with the Thargoids, when you're interdicted, um, basically they'll come up and do the old thing, which they'll scan you and then they'll leave you alone. However, if like me, who which basically um, I've been basically massacring as many scouts as I can to get the combat elite and um, they hate my guts so every time I'm hyperdicted as soon as I come uh, as soon as I'm come out they're coming straight for me with um, everything they've got so um, that's a good job I've got my dirty drives to get the heck out of there but that's not all that's been happening this week um, what else has been happening this week is well let's see the Imperials have declared victory in the, the CG from last week. They have declared martial law in a lot of Marlinist systems, leading to several systems worth of Imperial citizens fleeing to the Federation in megaships. This, this, is, this is getting quite scary. It's actually. gruesome, isn't it? It's good. It, 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 I remember a couple of weeks ago saying I was quite excited by the Marlinist thing. This is really interesting. This is really interesting storytelling. Um, and it is, in, in previous ones who to support if you're an empire pilot who to yeah. support was fairly clear cut and the and the insurgency factions have never been particularly well supported um this is different it, you know if you keep an eye on the storylines it, it, it we we could re we could see some really big changes in the diplomatic layout of the galaxy or the or the political layout of the galaxy through this yeah I think. yeah especially when we, we touch on the next story but as far as this one's concerned um it does feel like you know they're they're basically hunting down their own citizens Yes, but which is which is the most profitable? Going with the hunters or the hunted? <laughs> some of us, uh, some of us, role players having skin in the game. Um, my commander is a is a proud imperial citizen, but um, but is conflicted about uh, about this. Uh -huh. You know what? What do you do if your What do you do if your leader, who broadly in, who enjoys broad support and has by and large uh done good things for your your nation what what do you do if you if you see a uh a, a sort of an insurgency who who are who are supported by quite a lot of civilians and have good humanitarian points to make are then hounded out of the out of the nation as refugees like what what do you do i don't know it's just it's 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 good it's good storytelling yeah ben did you want to jump in there just talking about refugees what i really think would be incredibly interesting to see is if we have the equivalent of refugees getting into federal or alliance territories 
hidden in the backs of lorries possibly showing up with them all being dead due to various, you know, due to space being dangerous. Mm. Well, it's, it's funny it's, you should it's, mention it's that because... Dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to go off and do, doing all this escaping malarkey. Yeah. The, Especially I mean, if this... you end up on Chan's fleet carrier. <laughs> I'm going to write... Where you'll where you get flushed out into space. I'm really helpful. I'm, told I'm the most helpful player ever. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm super nice. You lot being me. <laughs> Why have we gone on Monty Python? I, I, I don't know. I, I like the funny voices. <laughs> well, on top of Suvarine all, Green is now the minister for silly walks. Yeah, all right. More like silly voices then. You know who? Actually, actually. Let's 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 put this official. We're going to now rename Souverine's title to um, Minister for Silly Voices. How does uh, um, all those in favour say aye? Aye, aye. There aye. you go. That's democracy. That's democracy for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. Then. Um, just <laughs> just to continue. Um, actually, Galnet has just been updated. I, I checked it earlier today, but it it was it was still going on with. Um, other stuff, but it seems that the Federation and the Alliance are taking in the refugees. Um, these, uh, the, there's ten mega ships which have escaped and have arrived uh, with huge amounts of refugees. Even though the Imperial and uh, the Empire has formally demanded that these um, these political refugees are extradited from the Federation. Um, the federal ambassador, uh, Jordan Rochester, who you might remember was once engaged to some blue-haired bint, um, has, has basically Ooh, said no. Meow. Well, we oh, all know. I thought all the Rochesters were named after Greek gods or something. Really? No. I, I thought there was some naming scheme for all the Rochester children. There, there is, but I think it's alphabetical, isn't it? Uh, possibly, so, yeah. Like I, might, I might be getting be, confused with something else. It'll be like Kate Rochester or something. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was it was or ABC. Kevin or yeah. Karen. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> what's the equivalent of a of a? What's the male equivalent of a Karen? A Kevin. Uh, I don't know. It was always a, it always used to be a Kevin. Hmm. I don't think there is a male equivalent of a Karen. Uh, uh, it used to be because you used to see the the vinyl strips across the windscreens of it was it was Kevin, uh, I'm sure. Horses and things. Yeah it was it was, yeah, that was a classic one, wasn't it? Certainly up north it was a it was a, it was a Kevin. Uh, um right, so so effectively this is this is the refugees fleeing. So are we actually going to see, you reckon, some proper Federation versus Empire action over these refugees? Could we be heading to a full on army? Well, I don't know, because what I would be doing, and the way I would do the CG, is I wouldn't have a contest between each power to get the most refugees. Mm. I would have a contest between the powers to see who can offload the most refugees to the other power. <laughs> is, there, um, is there a CG ongoing at the moment for um, ferrying refugees? No, no, no this, this, is just, uh, this is just Galnet news, and I'm speculating that the next CG will be something to do with these refugees. That would be really cool. That would be very, very cool. Okay, so my take, I don't think that we will see another 
um, sort of Cold War scenario, ratcheting tensions between the Empire and the Federation, because I think front, from, from, from Frontier's perspective, they've already done that. Um, they did that culminating in, in the return. Um, I don't think they'll do that. I think you'll probably see, I think they'll explore the tensions between democratic ideals and the, uh, and the, um, I don't know, the, the dignity and, um, uh, and values of the empire. Um, and I think, I think you'll see, I think, I think this will be like a, an examination of, um, uh, of how the different superpowers, how the, how their cultures can, um, sort of compete for people's sympathies. Um, I, 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 I also don't think they'll leave the alliance out as much as the alliance were left out of the uh, the kind of Cold War scenario um, that happened last time that there were um, significant superpower tensions. Well, this also brings us on to the next thing because on the on the on as far as the political side of things uh, in the Federation, it does seem that support for federal president Zachary Hudson is basically on a serious roller coaster down, isn't it? It's plummeting faster than uh, basically oh, it people, is, so people leaving Stroud. Um, so is, is, is his chief rival Senator Biden by any chance? <laughs> Um, I was just thinking, when are you going to when are you going to start talking about elite? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is strange timing, isn't it? Just a coincidence, we are quite sure. But um, yeah, Shadow President Felicia Winters has stopped short of making direct allegations against Hudson, but in several powerful speeches, she has stressed that no elected ruler can be above the law. So. I mean, it it does feel as if all of a sudden, after after so many months of just a completely static galaxy, it does seem that wheels within wheels are turning. You'd almost think there's an expansion coming out, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's uh, it's grown up storytelling as well. It's good. It's there aren't there aren't heroes and, and villains. And you know what? I th- I suspect this whole thing with the Federation thing was actually. A thread we're picking up, which was probably set in motion some time ago, um, when the whole the, the whole scenario about yeah, right from the Onion Head Wars on up, was designed. It was this was going to be an, probably going to be an eventual thing to happen. So I think it, we're, we're possibly reawakening stuff they might have planned a long time ago and sort of never got round to doing way back then, and are doing now. Which is nice because I'd I'd like to see some I'd like to see the onion head because we we did have that uh, brief um, uh, whatever they call that brief visit from the terrorist group from Capafornasis uh, who had been uh, who was taking revenge for for the what what's what um, wasn't Winters it was Halsey wasn't it uh, so long ago now uh, what what Halsey had done by bombing all the onion head farms etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping we'll get a little bit of that back again because that that was quite an interesting thread and of course it's our capital system now so we've got a bit of a vested interest in in these things happening oh um Shan you've probably already seen this but at least you've got Paul Archer on your side well, see, I've met Paul in real life, and he knows how nice I am. Hey, he's got Shan's got friends somewhere. That's that's good to know. Paul. Yeah, uh, 
Paul, if you're listening, there are people you can call. <laughs> just just reach out. It, it's always funny about when Shannon says such and such knows how nice I am. Everybody goes quiet for a few seconds. <laughs> yes, we're paying our respects, Smack. If you have been affected by any of the shenanigans <laughs> in this program, <laughs> there will be a helpline available at the end of the show. I think you are a big bully. <laughs> You're bullying me. <laughs> just a note on um, just a note on the Federation and Hudson and stuff. I haven't been following um, all the conspiracy theories and things, but one um, or not conspiracy theories, but like. I don't know, theories as to what might happen. Um, but uh, one observation is that in terms of capitalizing on a humanitarian crisis and a, uh, and a cultural uh, and the cultural tension within the empire, Hudson is not, is, it, Hudson is kind of uniquely poorly placed to, to capitalize on that. Winters is a much more apposite leader for uh, capitalizing on, on, uh, the empire's weakness at the moment. So winters is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So the, yeah, the logical ramification of that is potentially that that um, it, it it would be more interesting to uh, for her to be in charge at this particular moment. I think. Yeah, Hudson. I think Hudson versus the empire is a bit like Trump versus North Korea. It's it's never really going to go well. <laughs> never going to go well well he, he no. doesn't have any he doesn't have anything particularly trenchant to say about to say about a refugee crisis um whereas winters really would i can imagine her being really quite you know making some really sort of scathing points about um about uh arissa and her handling of it that is why that's what i mean by the cg if there is one should be about offloading refugees to the other power not about getting them for yourself that would be a much more cutting story wouldn't it or maybe you could have a choice of rescuing refugees and then you drop them off with the empire or you drop them off with the federation that would be brilliant that would be yeah. so, so interesting. you you repatriate them um, or um in other words send them to the dungeon or um take them to uh, supposed liberty yeah, so if you drop them off with the Imperials, the refugees then become Imperial slaves. Mm -hmm. If you drop them off with the Federation, they then become proper slaves in illegal cargo and then farmed out to the land. They become <laughs> Foxcom employees and they just make put together iPhones for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think that's called indentured workers, which are basically the same thing as slaves. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, not much difference between the two when you think about it. Hey, well, yeah, imperial slaves can repay their debt, can't they? Yeah, yes. It's, only, it's, it's a slave by contract rather than slave by force. Yeah, apparently it's, it's oh, what is it? It's like signing up to the military for a fixed term and you get a lump sum to either pay off debts or to scurry away and you are basically owned for that that period. And I don't think you can buy out, if you see what I mean. Is this what Shan means when he says that he that Paul is his friend? Uh, you uh, might like to think so. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, why? What have I? What have I missed? Oh, do you mean that um, Paul is currently owned, or or Shan has Paul's indentured contract? Well, you know, just saying, maybe. 
Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Just uh, call. Just call. Just, just make the call. Yes. Oh eight hundred. My lawyer free, on the phone. <laughs> free slave now. <laughs> I think we should start a movement. Hashtag free Paul. <laughs> free Paul from Shan. Um, <laughs> we have had a store alert this week because there's been no newsletter. Um, can someone remind me on what ships were getting new skins? Nope. No. There were some Azure. There were some Azure skins, wasn't there? When Horizons becomes free for everyone, anyone who's already yeah. got Horizons are getting the the Azure. Yeah, you're going to get the Azure pack. Um, now that's actually due next week. Now that's actually sneaked up on us, isn't it? Yes. We're, we're all so focused on on disc, on um, Odyssey, with it, we've completely forgotten that actually everybody gets Horizons next week. I'm wondering how many people don't yeah. have Horizons. I, I, I was just thinking that as well. I do know one person, but he hasn't played for ages because, well, he just hasn't played for ages. I. Th- I think it was, it was a friend at work who's he landed in a sta- he landed in a station somewhere and got scanned for illegal goods and last time he tries to launch he got shot down. Uh, I said, "Oh yeah, they've they've it's changed a bit now. You can probably leave. I mean, you won't be hostile and your hostility will have decayed anyway." Um, but I think he'll get horizons. I, I, I ought to tell him because he might start playing again. If he gets horizons. Well. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, take a break now and we will come back in a few minutes with uh, continuing on our main discussion from actually last week, which was a uh, deep dive into some of the, uh, the answers that we got uh, on Odyssey. Attention, attention, second technician Chris Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. I repeat, second technician Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. Ah, Technician Forrester, just the man, just the man. Now, we need you to get in the airlock. The what then? The airlock, Forrester, the airlock. The Remlock vendor is malfunctioning. I'm sure a quick clout with your trusty wrench will do the trick. <laughs> no time to dawdle, come on. Employ the month awarded for you here. Just step this way and... Brilliant. Depressurization warning. Depressurization Depressurization warning. Depressurization Depressurization Attention. Attention. Clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup tug. I repeat. Clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup. Is your life like this? It could be like this. (sighs) 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 Astrogator Tours, put some excitement back in your life. Walk an adventure in the lathe business practice. Now. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. 
And welcome back. Now, as you may be aware, uh, a couple of weeks, uh, I think it's a couple of weeks ago now, um, uh, Stephen Benedetti put up a couple of uh, answers to some questions uh, about the uh, about the upcoming Odyssey um, release, and uh, it was mostly based on the Dev Diary two, which was focused on uh, the the planet side stuff. So. What we're going to do is we're going to go through each of these points in turn and go and give them a bit um, bit of a uh, discussion. Now, we had got so far as walking actually into uh, a settlement, um, but then we they've, they've started to uh, discuss what can actually happen in a settlement. And, of course, one of the things that happens there are the mission boards that you can get. Um, so the question that was asked was, how do mission availability vary throughout the game? And I'm assuming that they mean planet-side missions in this one. Um, to which the response has been, uh, the missions available from contacts and boards in the social hubs and settlements will depend on the BGS status. This means you will find different missions in different locations in the same way as you do with Elite Dangerous today. Some missions given by vendors will ask commanders to visit a certain location, retrieve a specific item, or even kill an NPC. However, you don't want a mission to go to a settlement. Uh, you can go wherever you want, uh, when you want, and create your own story. This includes the ability to, if you decide to, perform the nefarious acts like looting or killing NPCs. Um, and just remember, your actions could have a negative effect on the controlling faction. In turn, this will affect your reputation with them and the BGS. So this seems to me like that. And just to add to this, I do know that they have said that I'll, there are going to be a lot of missions which are within walking distance of wherever the these these missions start from. So hopefully we won't have won't be trudging for hours and hours through uh, through these planets. But, but what's your initial reaction to that? These boots uh, are made for walking. <laughs> resoundingly loud is our initial reaction to that yeah it it did to be honest it just kind of feels a little like uh yeah you're going to be able to do stuff and stuff that's pretty similar to what we've already got but on boots on the ground yeah instead of spaceships in the sky basically or srvs or srvs i, I guess it depends because this could well be other activities I mean, for example we, we, we have a jetpack mm-hmm. so it may be possible to have you need to scan something you can only get access to by careful use of a jetpack yeah that's so almost like a jumping puzzle with jetpacks that that sounds feasible i mean it would be a case of getting your explorer suit and jetpack over to a certain location to scan something because a big part of well one of the parts of guild wars 2 and yes you can drink was <laughs> that the devs had actually put in proper jumping puzzles in the game and you got an achievement if you did them all and rewarded at the end so finding these jumping puzzles and things like that was um a really useful and rather fun activity um so if there was anything like that they could put in or even if they couldn't put in, I can just see something like it's um, it's something Alec could do. You know, the, uh, the 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 outpost jumping puzzle where you have to jump from tower to tower in variable gravity, and it would like become like a parkour event. 
I can't see them putting that in, personally. Oh, I mean, I must admit, um, Chris Mark Four has made his first suggestion. He said, Jetpack Racing, please. There, there's bound to be some racing angle. There always is. Uh, Alec Turner and his lot have always seemed to find some kind of racing angle. <laughs> so I bet there's going to be a, there's going to be like uh, space legs athletics events augmented by jetpacks and things like that. And I'm right. sure it'll have its unique challenge, just like SRV driving has its unique challenges. Uh, mainly oriented around not hitting stuff and exploding. I'm sure doing stuff on foot will have a, well, probably not so much exploding, but not going splat, not falling off a precipice somewhere uh, and going splat. Wouldn't it be really funny if gravity really affected jetpacks? So it'd be like Roadrunner, where you kind of <laughs> ran along. You go off the end. For you a hover. minute, and then just sort of end up a little puff of cloud at the bottom. The Acme jetpack. Oh, no. <laughs> Who would pay good money to have a, a skin for your jetpack that says Acme on it? <laughs> <laughs> Lying cartoon anyway. Maximum speed of a roadrunner, 20 miles an hour. Maximum speed of a coyote, 40 miles an hour. The roadrunner wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> anyway. Not that well, I feel that. You, well, right. you, know the, you, you know the fundamental error the Coyote makes in the Roadrunner cartoons is he works from the fundamental assumption mm-hmm. that the equipment he uses will work as advertised. If he, if he didn't use Acme, I don't know, went to Argos or, or other, something like that, he would actually catch a Roadrunner. He's, it's the fact he's reliant on a single unreliable supplier is why he can't catch the Roadrunner. Yeah, do you think that Acme have been renamed Wish? There is such thing... Or from AliExpress. There <laughs> is such thing as an Acme screw, and it describes the form of a particular kind of thread. It's that kind of coarse squared off thread. It's usually for, you know, like a jack screw or something, you know, you know like an acroprop used for propping up buildings or whatever, or, or um, that kind of thing. That's an Acme screw. <laughs> well, it must admit, I am looking at a lot of the, the landscapes and I am thinking, that looks very much like the landscape between the Roadrunner and the Coyote. Oh, we needed some road going <laughs> going between the settlements and that's it. You, there'll be a Coyote in a spacesuit ready to throw a boulder over, over the edges. I, of I just want a... Um... A black hole I can pull out of my pocket and stick to a cliff face. <laughs> or something. Uh, I was, oh, I was so, just another tangent. I was so disappointed that um, that there's been a an urban legend going around where you see the the picture of somebody uh, somebody has painted a roadrunner type tunnel on on a wall. Oh yeah, with with uh, a picture of either the roadrunner or Wiley Coyote next to it, and someone's gone into it. Um, the problem is that's a hoax. <laughs> it's not yeah. real, according to Scopes, uh, Snopes rather. So, <laughs> um, oh, I, I can't, I can't just read this. Commander Wotherspoon has made a very, very. I can't believe we're going down this tangent, but he said the company name in the Roadrunner cartoons is ironic, since the word Acme is derived from the Greek, meaning the peak, zenith, or prime. Yet products from the fictional Acme Corporation are often generic, failure-prone, 
or explosive. Yes, but the peak zenithal prime of what? If you want the Zeke pen zenithal prime of unreliability, then <laughs> that still fits. I still think they've renamed him Wish. <laughs> not that, not that I'm bitter about some of the things they've got from that website. Uh, anyway, moving, moving on. Um, the next question they uh, they have asked us, uh, well, they have answered rather, was how will NPCs react to the players and each other? To which they said, Odyssey NPCs will react to players and other NPCs based on a number of factors. From obvious status elements like having a weapon drawn to their current BGS affili affiliation. NPCs have a variety of professionally voiced acted dialogue which will add to the immersion of the galaxy. If you're on good terms with a faction, they will be kind to you. If you are not in good terms, start ducking as they may start firing on sight. So, um, Shan, as a regular um, diplomatic uh, attache, <laughs> Um, how do you feel about this? Well, but one of the, one of the things we talked about the other week was the localization aspect. Because mm. if they're fully voiced, you know, how does the localization between different languages fit in? So, for example, if they're in Spanish, mm -hmm. are there going to be less responses in Spanish than there are in English? So that's that's one of the questions. Um, potentially, it could be very good, but uh, again, I, I, I'm maybe a bit jaded. But when I hear like, "Oh, your the NPCs will react differently to you depending on your standing, etc.," mm -hmm. and it makes it sound as if it can be really varied and really exciting and all sorts of stuff. But usually, there's it can come down to there's a polite response, a neutral response, and a go away response, and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> so, it, it will be interesting to see how they do it. This station doesn't belong to us, but we do have a deal with those that do. And if anybody knows what I'm on about there, you you will probably be ready to claw your ears out if you've played too much freelancer. Um, yeah, so I used to be a spaceman until I got a micrometeorite to the knees. <laughs> yeah, so those kind of repetitive phrases really, they're yes. meme-tastic, aren't they? It was in Frontier First Encounters. It was always, you'll regret dealing with whoever it was you took the mission from, you know, insert name here. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll regret dealing with David Braben. That's what, that's what all of the NPCs said to you before they lit you up. I mean, yeah. they David Braben. They said whatever the mission giver's name was. I'm sure there used to be different responses to your shit from NPCs. In Elite Dangerous, uh, I'm sure they toned them down a bit or changed them. Because I certainly remember different responses from NPCs. I mean, there's the classic one: "Oh, my children are going hungry tonight," and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, you, you I'm still, sure there were different ones. I'm sure there were different you, ones. You, you, there's still a fair number of them, but they're, obviously they're going to be finite because somebody actually has to think of them and type them in. Uh, and if you play the game long enough, you're, you're going to see them come around uh, from time to time. Yeah. As long as they give the NPC crew some different ones. Because as, as soon as one of my NPC crew goes, that's one for me, Commander, they're sacked. Like, no, you <laughs> bloody not one for you. I shot it. <laughs> all, all you did was act as a distraction. But, so but, basically... but they could be very important acting as a distraction because it means you're not being shot at. 
They're taking yeah, but they shouldn't be taking credit for the kill, should they? Well, they did help. I mean, they assisted. I mean, credit where credit's due. Sometimes, uh, sometimes mine actually get the kill. Uh, I, I I like to sick them onto uh, targets when I'm um, when I'm collecting um, when I'm when my limpets are collecting materials and resource extraction sites. I like to sick the fighter onto my next target. So you, you're too get, nice to them, Steve. Sometimes they get the kill without my input. Well, too nice to them. I I had to sack my elite one while saving up for my fleet carrier because he was taking too much money. So oh, been... you sacked an elite one. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and I'd had him since since uh, they were available. I mean, like forever. It was like my third one. My my first one got killed through a misadventure. The second one I sacked quite early on for reasons. But anyway, the the upshot is, is that I have a brand new one. Uh, one Roy Burt, who I st- I've actually started this time at Harmless. So I'm training him up. Yeah, my NPC crew, I've got three elite NPC crew at the moment, and I think the cumulative wages for them is in excess of 20 billion credits. Ow, that's astonishing. Wow. That's I think it, you, you worked them up from Harmless. Um, one I did, because at the time I was, I was getting into the rare NPCs, and if you get a a good-looking NPC with an English accent, that's almost like Rocking Horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finding a good-looking NPC is like Rocking Horse, you mean, let alone an English accent. There are some There, there are some good-looking ones. I mean, there's really? an awful lot of plain ones, but there's some good-looking ones. I mean, I mean, come on, I mean, they, they, they generally look better. Who was that engineer we were talking about? And Mary or whatever Etienne it was. Etienne Dawn. Yeah, Etienne Dawn. <laughs> but most of them are better-looking than Etienne Dawn. <laughs> well, that's, oh, that's raising the bar really high, isn't it? Oh, God. Maybe we should get Souverine to, to judge an NPC contest because he seems to be <laughs> most infatuated with Mr. Dawn, having brought them up twice. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. Oh. NPC crew, kiss, marry, avoid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've gone from engineers to NPC crew, have we? So we've now all got to compare our crew. That's, that's it's, not it's funny my, well. my, my current one he's there's two mug shots of him there's one from the <laughs> there's there's kind of one shot from like a low camera angle and it makes him look like who was that who was that guy with a massive chin in the 1980s um jimmy anyway, hill jimmy hill it makes him look like jimmy hill uh but the there's another one which is kind of normal a, a sort of normal like shot at face level where he looks kind of normal mm. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, as far as when you walk into a base, if you are, if you are in an unfriendly BGS state with these people, they're just going to start shooting at you straight away, aren't they? Well, only when they recognise you, presumably. How's that going to work? Because if they can shoot at you, surely you you can be allowed to shoot back. And if you're allowed to shoot back, you're allowed to kill them. So what happens? You just walk into the bar and like kill. Well, you you might be. It might make you an outlaw. Obviously, if they start shooting at you, they think you're an outlaw anyway. Well, yes, but it might make you even more outlawish. You know what I mean? It might in, your notoriety will go up if well if you kill them. Mm. So also, then, does that mean you're if you incur a bounty on your ship, 
does that yeah. bounty then carry over to when you get out of your ship? Well, or bounties are on to... ships rather than at the moment. So yeah, they... I'd have to presume that when you're out of your ship, you're kind of a bit incognito. Yeah, I think, well, no, the bounties apply just to your ship. Notoriety applies just to the commander. So I think whenever you're going to, if they carry on with that model, that means that when you're out on your Todd, then that bounty will still will apply to only when you're on your foot, if you see what I mean. I know so where this is going. To, go on. Well, we go into a bar and people moan because Shan shot first. <laughs> Shan shot first. Did Shan shoot the sheriff? Shan shot the sheriff. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, it's, it's going to be... Star Wars meme. I know it's the Star Wars meme. Yeah, but I'm talking about the other ones who didn't... who started singing... <laughs> well, it's all, it's you got to remember this is more Firefly than it is Star Wars. This is you not get the, the impression you're looking for. Yeah, this <laughs> is. I want yeah. the cantina music from Star Wars when you're going. I want something like that, like the cantina music. They can't use it, can they? I know they can't use it, but they, they can't use that one. But they could make a new one that's kind of like it, couldn't they? They could. They could rip it off. Wouldn't it be great if they played the Planet Coaster theme when you walked in the bar? <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, knowing the quality of the musicians that have done uh, the soundtrack for Planet Coaster, it wouldn't surprise me if if we come across some, uh, if they've come up with some fantastic atmospheric music that rivals John Williams. Because to be honest, the, I've I've found the soundtracks have been that good. What, for Planet Coaster, or just or just Frontiers games generally? Frontiers games generally, the sound and the, the music has been top top rate. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me whether or not they come up with something which rivals. You know, it has a Star Wars feel to it, but it's not Star Wars. If you see what I mean. And and that goes that goes all the way back to like Frontier First Encounters because they had they'd engaged. Uh, there was a I'm trying to remember the credits now. There's a guy called Dave Lowe and. Is this another lot called the the Quality Quartet who did the music for Frontier uh, First Encounters, and that that was a lot of that was really good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to good old Uncle Art with the, the original theme tune to to um, to Frontier, and yeah, I mean, especially when you you hear the the orchestral version of it, which um, was done as part yeah. of his Kickstarter. That's it's fantastic work. Yeah, we all had to listen. Back in the day, we all had to listen to it on a as a tinny uh, FM synthesized MIDI tune. Um, but 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 if if you look around, some people have actually uh, used like really decent uh, equipment to to produce the original Frontier and Frontier First Encounters MIDI files, and they they used they sound really good. And um, Mac, have you heard the the proper orchestral version of it? No, I, I haven't. Heard, well, actually, played by actual live musicians. Oh, right. Well, in that case, um, at the end of this show, I'll, I'll, I'll pass you the link. And basically, Uncle Art, who originally did uh, the the soundtrack for Lead, we know this. Be- What's happening here? Uh, <laughs> I'm about. I was hitting the thing Galmer to go and news. add. Yeah, hitting the thing to go and add the stuff to the thing, uh, and then suddenly realise I'm not in studio mode. Is what's happening there. Ah, uh, anyway, right, nothing so to see here. Moving on. 
Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, it was part of uh, Uncle Art's Kickstarter. We had our own Alan Stroud uh, heading down to Abbey Road Studios to see it recording uh, and, and listen to the... Uh, was it the London Philharmonic? I think they. Uh, it was It was a quite impressive orchestra which did it. How did and, I uh, miss that? I don't know. This is what what got me because I thought completely bypassed me. I how did I how how on earth did I miss that? Well, and, and on top of that, someone has gone and redone the whole intro to um, to Frontier using the Elite Dangerous engine, and then put this soundtrack on top, and it's astoundingly good. Yeah, I've got to see that. Right. Oh, well, I'll get you the link. We'll put also put the link in the show notes. Yeah, do because, get the link. That sounds wonderful. Because yeah, as, as I said, anything done by Uncle Art has, has been is, is just great as far as I'm concerned. But moving on, uh, now they ask, can you give some examples of the suits which will be available? Now, the answer here was, commanders will be able to purchase and switch between multiple suits to help them with different mission types. We already knew that. Outside of the flight suit. You'll be able to equip uh, exploration suit, combat suit, and scavenger suit, and you'll be able to purchase multiples of each suit and give them different lo- lay- uh, loadouts depending on your particular playstyle slash mission. The suits we mentioned above will be geared towards specific mission activities. You do not need to own the suit type to take on that specific activity, however doing so would make life easier. Suits can be upgraded in a variety of ways to help prove their capabilities. We will be announcing more on different suit types and so on in the future, so stay tuned. Now, uh, they also add, will these suits have shields? And they've, they've confirmed that they do have shields, and they, that the, the suits will have a battery supply. So, uh, I mean, we've, we've covered suits before, haven't we? Uh, we've talked about suits a fair bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you do get the impression that these suits are uh, effectively the new ship or the new SRV. You yeah, be able to, you know, upgrade them somehow. Not dissimilar levels of complexity, anyway. Mm. So, is anybody else thinking still suits from June? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope not. yeah, I, I was. I really, I really hope not. So about June, I was thinking about the the film as well. When they said the shield, you know, when they uh, they have the duel, don't they? Between yeah. Duncan Idaho and Paul Atreides, I think it is. And uh, the shield's got to stop any projectile weapons and stuff, so they have to fight with knives and thrust really slowly to get... So, yes, I was thinking June of that. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm I'm under the impression that you can actually buy the suits with normal credits, but the only way to upgrade the suits is with the new currency, whatever that is. The Trigantic Pews. The Trigantic Pews, yes. It's been quite interesting, actually, because I, I was... Do you, do you remember the um, the Mirror Universe episode we did uh, a little while ago where we talked about the things you could do um, yeah. in your ships? If, if, you, if you listen to that, there's quite a lot of similarities in what we wanted to happen with what been promised to be delivered. Yeah, I, I must admit, it, it is, <coughs> looks like our episode was just maybe a year too early. <laughs> <coughs> and and it wouldn't have been so tongue-in-cheek. We were prophetic. We weren't pathetic, we were prophetic. <laughs> 
I mean, I take it that the you know you can buy a suit. It'll have modules, some kind of module slots, and then you can equip them with better shields or better, more efficient batteries or more. I don't know inventory space. If they have batteries, I wonder if you can get you know you know those anchor power packs you can get for your phone. I wonder if you'll get a, uh, an anchor for your spacesuit. No, I want a little. I want one little handle on you. Have to keep cranking it. Like clockwork. <laughs> How come that doesn't surprise me? Actually, that could look quite dodgy. There's you constantly winding your winding your arm up in order just to keep alive. And here, this episode is why we're glad Ben is on tech today. <laughs> Uh, the amount of double entendre um, opportunities that are passing him by. Oh, he, 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 I could just imagine him. He's, he's, he's in a little knot of anxiety in the back room going, no, I wanted to say something. Um, right, well, suits can have modules that can be swapped out, and there are engineering possibilities to enhance the suits. So does that mean we're going to have super-specific engineers from now on? It does sound like it, doesn't it? Well, we're getting new, we're getting new engineers, aren't we? So, um, uh, so they might be suit specific. Yeah, I want engineers that change the look of the suit. So you have like really big Time Lord collars, or or a Buck Rogers, Wilma Deering kind of looking suit. That sort of thing that you can change the look of <laughs> and change the functionality. I've got, of course, we keep on forgetting about um, Shan's obsession with William Deer- Wilma Deering. Uh, well, the uh, first half I've ever mentioned it is, it was it was Mad Dog who had the uh, the stream dedicated to Erin uh, Gray for years and years and years. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or are you or are you superimposing your fixation of Erin Gray onto myself in a vain attempt to hide it? Honestly, that has not just put such a mental image in my head that and, um, I may have to seek therapy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the shields are going to be helpful in in uh, in combat. I mean, are there any other times when you think shields would be handy? Um, when falling off cliffs and things. Yeah, fall damage is an interesting one. Hmm. So do you think they'd act like the way that um, Chell does in Portal, which means that she can't get hurt at all by falling damage? Yeah, and she has her feet replaced by those kind of spring things. Well, they don't replace a feet; they're called long fall boots. So they're kind of (laughs) that's that's Valve hand wavium. That is yes. Um, the next question they ask is, will I have a on-foot inventory? And they say, yes, players will have an on-foot inventory, and Odyssey will introduce some new materials which will be gathered on foot. These include organic samples, which we collect using the field sample tools for the new Xenobiologist rank. Now that's the, the I take it, the field sampler is the Dyson-type thing. The Dyson that, motor tool, yeah. Yeah, that we have been quite excited about. Um, is anybody else sort of frightened by the um, the field sampler tool? Because we've had reports that it's it's been a bit scary. Uh, sorry, the field sampler. Why, yeah. why scary? Well, you wouldn't want to be probed by it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. 
I'm not sure anyone wants to be probed by Ben Field Sample. Oh dear. I see. We're, hey, this we're... is fun. We can we can provoke Ben, and he can't say anything. So we can just like wind him up, and he they have to fight his turn. He can mute us, crucially. Yeah, I was about to say he does have control of the mute button, Sean. <laughs> Be very careful. Uh, oh, and finally, we're moving back to the um, uh, to the apex interstellar travel. Now this does the apex interstellar travel service now mean that vi that it is viable to travel between systems by the way of taxi flights while in theoretically never flying your own ship. And they said, yes, that's it, exactly. You can now choose to play Elite Dangerous without a ship. Commanders will be able to use their ships or the Apex Interstellar Service or both to move around the galaxy. That being said, there will be areas Interstellar will not take you. So, how does that sound? That means that this has made Elite Dangerous no longer just about spaceships. It's just about the galaxy. Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's totally, totally brilliant. It's 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 what we were it's what we were promised originally, and um, uh, and it's what I've been waiting for. Um, I think it's really, really cool. I don't think many people will play without ships, but I think the basically the ships need to become vehicles rather than avatars. Crucially, mm -hmm. um, and this is this is going to allow that. So it's 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 brilliant. I think it's really, really good. I think also that there is a um, uh, when they introduced multiple chip ownership, it did it it did allow the possibility for things like leaving your ship in the wrong place or finding yourself um, finding yourself sort of marooned somewhere or not not without a ship, but like without um, without the ship that you want for the specific task you're doing. Um, and this will get around that slightly. What the heck is it? All of a sudden, people seem to have been obsessed with Wilma Deering all of a sudden. It's just, uh... Sorry? Oh, sorry, it's people turning up on the chat. Um, one thing that they haven't mentioned about any of the missions, as we've... Have, is on, on foot mining. So far, they've, they've discussed... Um, you know, combat, this is just discuss exploration, and they discuss salvage. Do we know that there will be mining? Well, that's the thing. They haven't actually mentioned it. Do you think mining would be an option? Do you know what? I, I, I just don't feel like the game needs any more mining. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll be going down to the pit or anything like that, but there may be... Uh, think how you do mining in the SRV. You kind of uh, sort of surface mining, as it were, finding materials and what have you on the surface of... I, I have to imagine that's going to be a possibility that you can do basically what you do in the SRV mm -hmm. uh, on foot as well. So you can go collecting, I don't know, whatever, tantalum or whatever it is you're, you're after for your engineering stuff uh, by wandering around and sort of picking it up, a bit like the Apollo astronauts did on the moon. Mm. Or, um, as as Chris Mark IV has suggested, explosives. Uh, that's what you need your shields for. Set your explosives, start hobbling away with your, or firing your jet back, and hope you don't die. <laughs> Again, well, a bit, a bit back like to Wiley Coyote. A bit like the you know the thing with deep core mining that kind of that 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 could be quite spectacular actually if you could blow stuff up. I don't up, think you know. I, I don't think I would mind as long as you like put two diamonds on your eyes and do the Google eye thing like in Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Only Dopey did that, Chan. I don't care. <laughs> okay, just just make a, a, an, an observation that only Dopey did that. That's all. Yeah, but Dopey has a sense of fun. Everyone else is too boring. <laughs> See, the, the other six dwarfs, they want to work, and they want to think, and Dopey just wants to muck about. So, you know, what would you rather be? Well, do let's do hard it, work in a mine or muck about? Well, put it this way. Dopey did manage with twice the amount of kisses that all the other dwarfs has got, if I remember rightly. Are you asking Elite Dangerous players whether they'd rather muck around or mine? Hmm. That's an interesting thought. <laughs> yeah, but I can't imagine hauling 600 tons of... Um, palladium from the mine on your back. Paul singing hi ho hi ho. <laughs> yeah, um, we've we've had a, a comment from uh, Drywall Deluxe, and um, he says, "I just want a wing mission where one player distracts the defences and provides air support, while another will sneak in and steal something on foot." Now that's that is the kind of mission that I I'm hoping that we're going to be getting. Well, they do Those keep talking about combined arms. They do keep talking. They, they they keep saying things like, "Oh, you know, you'll be able to do things." Some of you in SRV, some of you in ships, some of you in in mm-hmm. on foot and stuff. Like that does kind of indicate that they that they've got that kind of thing in mind. I I agree with you. I really hope for that as well. What about Tomb Raider in Guardian of the Ruins? That sounds great to me. Yep. I mean, there there are plenty of those ruins which you think, that looks like a door. If you can only open that door, I would like to go down, and maybe we can only access them through foot. On foot, rather. That that would be... That would scratch the old Indiana Jones itch, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that could come under the salvaging. Uh, you need a salvaging suit for, to help with that. Although knowing the Tharg, knowing the the Guardian, should probably need a gun, a big gun as well, because you never know. The I mean, this... Guardians are rather wussy, really, to be honest. Yeah, the the Guardians have never uh, shot much. I mean, they they have those little things that fly around and shoot you, but they're not really that dangerous. Uh, they're more yeah. of a nuisance, you... aren't they? Yeah, I mean. You can take them on just fine in an SRV, so it's like, yeah, it's like, meh. It's not like the Thargoids would bring out the actual real big weapons. I was thinking about that this morning, actually, is that how wussy the Thargoids actually are, and the same with the Guardians. Because the Thargoids are supposed to be millions of years old, and the Guardians basically trash their civilization trying to fight them. And yet, it didn't, you know, it just took a bunch of hobos humans to get together and see off an entire two sets of species it's like in babylon 5 having earth force fighting the volons you know it's ah I mean. well no because the guardians have said that there's something about the thargoids that have stopped their evolution they they've got to this level and and at this point they they haven't evolved any further they've been this way for thousands, uh, for for millions of years, it's like it's like crocodiles. Crocodiles haven't evolved more than they have for millions of years. Interesting. But yet they're still that. But they still put as a big bad. Still that more advanced than humanity, aren't they? That was what crocodiles. 
No. Yeah. They're advanced in different ways. The th I think the, 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 the design behind the Thargoids is that they're totally, totally alien, which means that you can't, it's, it, it's no simple matter to compare their technological progress to ours. Um, and, and you see that in, you see that in the ship design, like they, they have, their shields are momentary and, um, and on a timer. Um, and their hull replenishes. Like the, the, the entire, the, the, I think the whole design philosophy behind the Thargoids, both narratively and mechanically, is that they are as alien as it is possible for the devs to create. And I, I must admit, I think they've done a fantastic job of doing it. So, yeah. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Shan, you're being corrected here. The Guardians were killed by their own AI. Yeah, yeah. The, AI the AI was developed to help them fight Thargoids. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what about the the, the funny thing about the, the guardians and mm -hmm. the thargoids. So the the guardians are supposed to be a somewhat humanoid race who died off two million years ago. Now, the first humans, the first fossilized remains of humans, were found two million years ago so what happens if the thargoids had actually done an experiment they've taken the, the they caused all this trouble by taking the guardians and or some of them and putting uh, putting them on earth to see what would happen isolated from the rest of their um yeah i've wondered this as well i but, i, I but, have but, had this but, conversation with somebody and i was told that um that it it is probably not the case because the timings don't work out properly. However, there is the this um, strange obelisk object which they discovered on Mars, which seemed to have been monitoring us. Um, the Federation have it under wraps. They won't let anybody else touch it, uh, but people know it's there, and they think it's got... They, they are concerned that it's either Guardian or Thargoid. They're not quite sure which one it is. Uh, we don't. It's not necessarily an obelisk, is it? I don't think we know anything about the uh, the Mars relic. Well, I d I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just being influenced by 2001 too much. That's fine. <laughs> well, we, I think we know. I think what we know about the Mars relic is that it's very small, yeah. um, and that nobody's allowed near it, and the Federation keep it under wraps. I don't. I don't think that we know anything about it beyond the fact that it's it's sort of you know much smaller than um, you, you know. It's like a, a sort of handheld thing. Um, the, um, the, 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 the Guardians as progenitor race for humanity, I found this really compelling as well because the, because the timings are surprisingly close in cosmic terms and, um, uh, and also um, the fact that the Guardians are humanoid is, um, uh, is a bit of a tell. But somebody who, we had somebody write an article on, on this type of thing for Sagai a few years ago and, um, and his, his, his thought after researching it was that um, the the timings didn't work out. The um, uh, like the, the guardians were too late, basically. Um, and also, I have read that there's a there's a school of thought that says that a humanoid body plan is not actually that um, uh, is not is not um, is not implausible as as like a, a convergent evolution thing. Um, I don't think I, I don't necessarily believe this, but but some scientists apparently believe that um, evolutionary scientists and xenobiologists apparently believe that. Um, humanoid as a basic body plan is um, is likely to uh, convergently evolve on lots of planets that are like Earth that have carbon-based life because it's optimal for various things. 
Um, anyway, the only reason I mention that is because it it might explain it might explain why the guardians uh, look a lot like us without necessarily having any relationship to us. Ah, has anybody actually known what the guardians used to look like? Were they were they humanoid? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. like little red elves, weren't they? Well, that's, that's that's how Commander Scorpius has depicted them in some of his videos. Well, they're in they're in the um, it's in the codex. They we've got we've got um, during the Ramtar missions, he uh, he took uh, people had to get data for him, and and then uh, you rewarded with codex entries, um, or there might have been comms panel entries. I can't remember, but they there are loads of them, and they describe loads of things about the Guardians. They they describe their society, their um, their culture, their development of AI, their civil war, their history, um, their evolution. And their physiology, and they are humanoid. Um, I think they they're either red or blue, and I think they might have um, red. I think red. And uh, do they have blades on their hands or something? Okay, the the codex in the dangerous actually in, in the the in game thing says the guardians are a bipedal race, and the typical guardian was taller and more slender than the average human. They had small round eyes, a vestigial nose, and four digits in each hand. Their vision was superior to that of humans, while their sense of smell was poorer. Their sense of hearing and touch were roughly equivalent to our own. The Guardians had pinkish-red skin, but there was some variation among ethnic groups, with tones ranging from pale pink to deep crimson. They also had serrated, bony ridges on the outside of their forearms, which were used as weapons during their early history, when they were still semi-primitive pack hunters. So yes, and it, and it goes on about the environmental conditions are broadly similar to those of humans, uh, warmer, lower gravity, probably why they're taller and more slender. Um, and that's the kind of planet they colonized, understandably. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they, the Guardians had two genders, reproduce sexually, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, average gestation, they've got a gestation period here as well, uh, 300 days. And the 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 infants were effectively helpless for a period after birth, much like human young. Why am I suddenly thinking of the engineers from uh, Prometheus? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's pretty tempting to think like that. Mm. It's classic. It's classic sci-fi stuff, isn't it? Progenitor race. It is, yes. But personally, I prefer to think that would, um, uh, it was the case of a couple of uh, chemicals mixing in a in a in a radioactive pool that caused us but, <laughs> it's kind of cool. i mean that's got to be that's got to be the origin somewhere right even if even if we were some kind of experiment or even if we're we are a simulation like the origin has got to be uh you know depending on how far back you want to go the origin has got to be chemicals mixing in a in a warm pool somewhere <laughs> yes well enough of um the uh I like the fact that Stephen Usher has actually said the Guardian sent off a useless third of the population in the ship. <laughs> Interesting note. I'm pretty sure that everybody in the live radio crew would have been in the third spaceship. <laughs> yes, this is... Speak this for yourself. <laughs> the, the Golgothrinchian arc lives on. Well done. <laughs> I don't sanitize telephones for just anyone, you know. <laughs> No, we, we sanitize everything ourselves now. Well, it's, it's, it's really important to have telephone sanitizers with COVID. <laughs> my, it's, it's funny, my, my dad actually tells me, because he, he started work probably in the 
yeah, in the late sixties. And he said, telephone sanitizers were actually a thing back then. Uh, they had them at the office he worked at and it was like unionized. You know, no one else could sanitize a telephone apart from the telephone sanitizer. They'd come around every day and clean your telephone. Well, wow. in a rather prophetic, um, statement or snippet from the hitchhikers, weren't the useful Google functions killed off by a virus yeah. found on a dirty telephone? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. The, the universe loves irony. <laughs> So, uh, we should move on from uh, from there. We have um, a couple of other things to talk about. Um, in the community corner, we uh, first of all have to uh, say um, hi to Ty from Loose Screws. He is going to be taking a break from the Loose Screws podcast. Um, so, he's, I mean, the guy started the, the podcast and uh, he's handing it over to um, NJ Tracks, Chig. Hate Dubs and Nurgle for a while. Uh, he's got um, some things to step. He's got some things to sort out, and he's he's stepping back for quite a while. So we wish him well, and uh, hopefully we will. He'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. But you know, take your time, get better. Um, also, we have the Dark Wheel um, update, which is uh, well, not much has been happening. We have got a report that. Um, uh, the Dark Wheel is now in ERCC and will be expanding again soon from uh, 5455. So uh, if anybody knows exactly where that is, then feel free. <laughs> AR- ARCC, is that the same as ARQUE? ARC is the name of the system. ARRC is the name of the faction. Ah, right, I see. Good to know. So um, again, they are they are still on the move, but we don't know. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see when this this next uh, step happens. So moving on from there, we have. Uh, oh yeah, yes. talk, talk, talking of talking of that wheel and and elite week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm going to do some uh, shameless self promotion though. They uh, Elite Week is doing one of my Anara stories right now. One about uh, smuggling fish. Uh, they, I think they did. I think they've done the first two. Uh, I think there's. I can't remember how many. It's so long ago since I wrote the thing. So, I'd, and it depends how their uh, the guy who's voicing it, uh, whose name escapes me again. I'm sure Kaizen will soon step in and tell me what the guy's name is because I'm forgetting and I'm running out of breath trying to remember. But yes, yeah, so they've they've done two episodes of it so far, so you'll have to you'll have to search back at it. But it's it's very it's very nicely done. I've been very appreciated uh, appreciative of somebody voice acting it. So yes, thank you to Elite Week and what's his name, who I'll remember oh, before the show. I are promise. These are, are these Atrus Fifty Sixties logs? Uh. N- Oh. No, this actually he's doing. It's not just doing mine. He's doing. He's doing a bunch of them. Uh, he started off with. I'm actually looking through the Elite Week roster right now to try and find out what the guy's name is, and I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, but yeah, th- Roy Cookson, by the way. Roy Cookson, yes. Uh, that that's that's who I was trying to remember. Thank you, Kai. What's Roy um, Cookson? Doing? He's he's he, he's he's. He's uh, basically doing voice acting for 
various people's in our stories one of which is mine oh nice uh, but he's, he's doing he's doing he's doing a couple of he's doing a few others as well and it's it's really bringing them bringing them to life so uh big thumbs up for that i'm gonna have to try and get the audio so i can post it separately when he's uh, finished uh, yes but yeah so yeah if you if you don't listen to elite week listen to elite week they're good excellent now obviously um at the beginning of the show, we had a uh, uh, fantastic music video by Commander. I think this is Plakaid Beyond. Uh, it was featured on FD's li- uh, FDev's live stream uh, today. Um, I-, I take it everybody has seen this. No, no. It's a very. You'll probably like it. Souverine, do you like the Expanse? Yeah, quite like the Expanse. Yep. Well, you'll probably like this because it is kind of like an elite, dangerous take on the Expanse titles. Cool. Yes. Uh, Oh, and in the subject of uh, uh, shameless self-promotion, there is a quick Top Shift short, which I released over the weekend, uh, showing the advantages of having a Kovat, a voice pack that is uh, full of dedication and motivational uh, motivational speaker when fighting Thargoids. So, um, again, Having Brian Blessed shout in your ear as you're blowing away Thargoids is a great motivator. <laughs> I just thought I'd put something together to, to show how much better you are at taking out scouts. Um, so, moving on from there, um, any other business? Does anybody have anything they'd like to bring up? Nope. The, no. C- the CG. Yes. What do you think about the rewards for the CG? Well, actually, that is a very good point, Sean, because um, we, we skipped over that. Now, the, uh, it's the, the Class 4 um, Guardian Jump Range Extender, isn't it? No, I thought it was, there was, I thought it was all French Guardian French boosters and the Class 4 um, Cargo. Is that right? The um, Corrosive Resistant Cargo Bay? Uh, is it that? I, I, thought, it, I, thought it's, I think it's just um, the Guardian Frameshift thing. Yeah, I thought it was as well. Hang on. I have to look up the community goal again now. It'll be interesting if it's if it's bigger cut, because wasn't that we got that really pathetic uh, anti-corrosive cargo hole because the CG it was from mm-hmm. was not very well finished, if you see what I mean. It didn't, yeah, it didn't hit many tiers. I thought they unlocked a class four one as part of no. the uh, tech focus. Ah, uh, right. No, the top seventy-five percent of contributors will have a Guardian Frameshift Drive booster unlocked, and a size four module will be put into storage for them at the Golden Stag by the twenty-fourth of October. So that's all you get. I mean, in the in the meantime, that you said the um, there's a discount uh, at certain engineers, which will uh, allow you to get the uh, the Guardian modules a lot cheaper than normal, but apart from that, um, no, that's it. So you're going to get a Guardian, uh, a, a frame shift tube uh, booster, which I think that's a lot cool. of people already have. Well, that's about the only bit of Guardian tech that's of use if you're not killing Thargoids. True. Um, reminds me, I've got to check to make sure I'm still in the top 75%. But also, if it is simply class four, mm-hmm. Then uh, it's it's the class five that's the most used. The class four I find doesn't tend to be as useful because there are 
the combat ships can tend to only fit class four in, mm. and you're better off hitting a class four something else than a plane shift drive booster. I really like them. I mean, they're great. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that um, as soon as you, because they're unlocking the actual blueprint for the for the Guardian frameshift booster, you just have to then supply supply the materials to get the size five. You don't have to go through the whole rig. No, once you've unlocked, you've unlocked it using the materials mm-hmm. and the scan stuff from the Guardian ruins, yeah. you've unlocked, it and you can then just buy them. You don't need to give them the materials each time. Oh, well, in that case, we'd just be able to buy any Guardian frameshift drive booster you like then. Because that's what it's saying. It's unlocking. Um, so do you think they give you a class four for free? Yes. Is that what it's implying? Yeah. So the, you're getting the whole thing unlocked, plus you're getting the class four module. Oh, it's a Guardian fire sale this week, isn't it? Yeah, it does seem to be. Um, which, I don't know, do you think that's an adequate reward? Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, I think I think giving um, I think unlocking stuff and giving you stuff that uh, that's otherwise quite hard to get is 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 a really good reward, personally. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the one thing that they did um, uh, they did confirm uh, on the live stream today was that um, uh, as far as they're concerned, the double engineers bonus objects that. Uh, we got from Liz Ryder. Um, we will never be able to, uh, there will never be blueprints for us um, to use. Basically, you'll only get these kind of modules for taking part in CGs. That's cool. um, they, they won't have them available as, as you know, as, as part of normal engineering. Uh, so that, that was asked quite a lot. Uh, in so the, can you buy today. them? Can you re-buy several copies or are you just given a set and that's your lot? I think you're just given a set, and that's your lot. That's right, because back in the day, do you remember the overcharged multi-cannons? Yes, I remember them. They kept them in-game, didn't they? And if you managed to get keep them, yeah, you couldn't buy any more, but if you kept them, then you're okay. But I think eventually they got rid of them. But uh, Yeah, I can't. I can. Weren't, weren't you still allowed to keep them until you got rid of them? Yeah, until you sold them. You couldn't sell them back, but as long as you kept them on a ship, Mm-hmm. you were allowed to keep them. Because right. there were all sorts of fun things. There was stealth lasers and things like that. Yeah. So, um, let's see. What else? Uh, oh, yes. So, any other business? Now, um, <coughs> excuse me. I must admit, I do have um, a little bit of Star Wars Squadron news. Uh, both me and Ben took part in uh, a, a little online game when last night. And... Uh, the game itself has been updated to version 1.2 with a whole lot of extra bug fixes. Um, but I did find myself suffering from my first case of what can only be described as squadron rage. Right. I can't imagine how what a Colin squadron rage was, would be like. I can't. I can't. I just can't imagine you being like the German kid in the meme. No. Smashing your keyboard going like that. No, it was. It, it's, it's not often I go full Glaswegian, but this was. This was. It, my, I was unleashing my inner Ouija, so to speak, and 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 this is this is what happens. Is is that um, because there was three of us, we had our own little mini squadron, and when you when you go into the uh, uh, the fleet battles, they you know there are two other players which are added as a pickups. You know, 
just random people which are added. Well, one of these random people was deciding that if you are in an A-Wing, please do not attack the bloody Star Destroyer. Your job is to protect the Y-Wings which are attacking the Star Destroyer. And, and, and basically, I lost it. I think you're saying that the wrong way around. What? A-Wings are meant to provide fighter cover, basically. And this yes, they are. Just, and this guy was attacking the Star Destroyer in his A-Wing. Yes, I was saying, you, if you, you are in an A-Wing, do not attack the Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. The Star De- your job is to protect us as we do it. And, yeah, I think, I must admit, I was, I, I muted my mic for most of it. <laughs> Because I think I think it would have made Ben feel embarrassed. That's that's how bad it was. And now yeah. I know what to do to entertain <laughs> myself with Colin. I can get an A-wing and attack Star Destroyers. Just play the wrong route. You know, go off and get yourself in a U-wing or something like that, and again attack the Star Destroyers instead of healing everybody. <laughs> oh, 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 I can I can just feel I can I can just feel the fists <laughs> gathering in my hand right now. <laughs> Oh, yes. So, but yeah, um, Star Wars Squadrons has been updated, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's it, it's still quite good. Um, you can see that I think pe- a lot of people have completed the single player campaign and tried a bit of multiplayer and, and are moving on already. But there does seem to be a hardcore of about four to five thousand people who are still on it every night, which. I don't know, if if it's still there in six months, I think that'd be good. One of the things I really appreciate about it, especially, compa- you know, even compared to Elite, actually, is I like the balancing of your power, which we do have in Elite, with, <clears> your, <throat> sh- with your shields, and the... Yeah. and how essential it is to target a ship's subsystems. Yeah, I mean, it is something that we're kind of used to in Elite, and I think that's given us a bit of a uh, a leg up to begin with. Mm. But people are catching us up now. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think in, in Star Wars you need to do it even more than you need to do it in Elite. Um, yeah, you really do need to take down the uh, the shield generators and the power and things like that. If you want to get that Star Destroyer or G thirty five or whatever the hell it is down, uh, whereas yeah. obviously you know if you're taking on a Corvette or a Cutter, yeah, technically you kind of maybe should if you want to go for the power plant or something like that, but it's mm-hmm. not really needed. No, completely true. It's it's it's. <sighs> It it does involve a lot of teamwork, and when you have someone who's not following the proper role that they've got the ship for, it it, it things do fall apart quite quickly. <laughs> so, um, moving on from there, um, obviously the usual questions uh, is will ask is what do you folk uh, want from Odyssey, or your reaction to the, any of the Odyssey videos? We would love to hear from you. Um, so I'm going to give our shout outs now so uh, any objections? Nope. Nope. Well 
Starting with number one, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 uh, British hour time. Uh, probably for the, uh, it'll be UTC the week after. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Uh, we do have, following on to this, we have the Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon, who can also hear bringing a bit of class and refinement to the Guard Frequency podcast this week. Splitter. <laughs> Um, so thanks to all those who have chipped in on the on the Twitch chat and the in-game commanders that have, have popped by. Did anybody pop by, Mac? Yes, uh, I am. Miggles is here, also in a sidewinder, and we are currently canopy to canopy, staring each staring at each other through the roof of our ships. Ah, uh, lovingly, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Yes>. dramatic. <laughs> Sounds so romantic, yeah. Long, longing, longingly into each other's eyes, or something like that. <laughs> I normally only do that with my holomy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's it for this episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at, at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, do get in touch if you have any questions or if you have anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Mac, thanks to Souverine, thanks to Shan, and special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, uh, Ben. And, of course, hello to Chris Mark IV. It will be your turn soon. Don't worry. Sleep well. <laughs> Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 20th of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, shooting pheasants in the Wedgehead Nebula. Imperials search the haystack. Vincent Delay spells trouble for Hudson. Twisting the wheel. Shooting pheasants in the Wedgehead Nebula. At least four systems in the Witchhead Nebula have already been saved from Thorgoid infestation following the Alliance call to arms last Thursday. The rather well-behaved Thargoid invasion fleet has attacked five systems Honoros, Lembas, Haki, Wellington and Shenva. The Alliance initiative is to beat the Thargoids back from these systems and the Golden Stag megaship in the Honoros system is collecting combat bonds from those participating. With only arrows left, at least four of the five systems will have been saved from ongoing Thargoid infestation. Commanders may be spurred on by the Alliance offer that those commanders who achieve the top 75% of contributions will have Guardian Frameshift Drive Booster technology unlocked and will have a size 4 Frameshift Drive Booster added to their inventory at the Golden Stag Megaship by Saturday the 24th of October. Some members of the Anti-Xeno Initiative, which specialises in anti-Thargoid combat and which has been at a loose end since July last year, have called for the Thargoids to be encouraged to recolonise the Witchhead Nebula, out of which they were driven last year. These members of the AXI find themselves temporary allies with the Xeno-huggers, such as Holt, who believe there are plenty of meta-alloys for everyone and there's absolutely no need to go around shooting people just because... They have eight legs, a chitinous exoskeleton, and a berserker approach to warfare. However, the reason the AXI wants the Thargoids to recolonize is rather different from the Xenohuggers. To AXI, it appears, protecting humanity comes second to the sport of shooting Thargoids. They are nurturing the Thargoids in the same way that a gamekeeper nurtures pheasants, all the while polishing their anti-Xeno equivalent of double-barrelled shotguns. In related news, the human technology broker at Bray Landing in Yuanjia is currently offering Thargoid, Guardian and human technology unlocks at a discount, and numerous fleet carriers in the system are selling the tradable goods required for the unlock, including the last remaining meta-alloys. Guardian materials required for some of the unlocks, however, remain frustratingly remote. Imperials search the haystack. The Imperial Internal Security Service is believed to be continuing its investigations into who was behind the terror attacks of 10th of September and the assassination of Prince Harold Duval on the 14th of September. There have been no further terror attacks since then, but other than identifying that engineer Liz Ryder unwittingly supplied some of the explosive technology to the terrorists, the IISS seems to have made little progress in its investigation. They have, however, 
increased the lockdown of Marlinist sympathisers to encompass nine systems, and there seems to be a likelihood that the net might spread even wider. Finding the terrorists among a population which arguably has similar political aspirations to the terrorists is like searching for needles in a haystack. There are reports that, rather than risk arrest and interrogation, many of the pro-Republican Marlinists, who claim they are nothing to do with the terrorists, who call themselves neo-Marlinists, have chosen to leave empire-controlled space to seek a new life in the Federation. The Empire has demanded that these refugees be returned as potential NMLA criminals, but Federal Ambassador to Semies, Jordan Rochester, has said that he has asked Congress that any Imperial citizens claiming political asylum should be granted that asylum. Prime Minister Edmund Mahon has indicated that the Alliance will also welcome any Marlinist refugees. Vincent Delay spells trouble for Hudson. He may or may not have been complicit in the attempted murder of President Jasmina Halsey, and he may or may not have the blood of hundreds of innocent civil servants who died in the sabotage of Starflight 1, but a lengthy delay in bringing Admiral Vincent to trial is likely to spell political disaster for President Hudson. Quite how he managed to avoid being questioned over these crimes back in 3301 is unclear, but the revelation earlier this month that his close friend Admiral Vincent, who did so much to prepare the ground for Hudson to take over from Halsey, appears to be directly implicated in the plot means that until the matter is decided one way or the other in a court of law, the very large finger of suspicion pointing at Hudson is going to make it extremely hard for him to carry out his duties. There appears to be a great deal of cross-party support for Hudson to be impeached. And his popularity rating has never been lower. The way the political system is organised in the Federation, it would be hard to get Hudson to stand down, and while he remains president, he cannot be tried. There are still two and a half years of Hudson's term remaining, and of course, he's not entitled to stand for re-election. Unless Admiral Vincent is exonerated of the crimes he's been accused of, Hudson's remaining two and a half years as president are likely to be very uncomfortable indeed. Twisting the wheel. The Turning the Wheel initiative to encourage the mysterious but strangely compliant faction known as the Dark Wheel to establish a presence in Lave took a wrong turn this week and they ended up making friends with their new best buddies, the Alliance Rapid Reaction Force, in the ARC system, which is home to Professor Palin and rare good Shan's Charis Orchid. The Dark Wheel have lost no time getting to war with independent Agatavan labour, and it plans to stomp heavily on the local factions, but it'll work with the Zeance-based Alliance Rapid Reaction Corps to ensure their continued benevolent domination of the system. The accidental expansion means that it may be many more weeks before the Dark Wheel expands into Lave, and the interdimensional portal that is Raxler finally opens. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.